Hey everybody, this is Chad Daniels, and you have landed in the middle of somewhere. Hello, thanks for joining us. Uh, let's see, when will this be coming out? Merry, I hope you had a Merry Christmas! Oh my gosh, it's the 27th, and brand new Air Jordan 1 Lowe's just came out this morning that I bet I didn't get because I don't know how to get in line fast enough because young kids buy all sorts of sneakers right when they drop and then sell them for $800 above asking, you fucking dicks. Across from me, as always, Cyrus Amundsen. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the episodes where it's just Chad and myself. Hi, Chad. In the blue corner, weighing in at 215 pounds, and he shouldn't. He's chubby, he's short, but he can hit you hard in the gut. It's Chad the Bulldog Daniels! And in the green corner, wearing the same hooded sweatshirt he's worn for nearly a decade, weighing in at 85 pounds worth of bones and skin with a beard dripping off his face and food in his hair, the maniac from Ohio, ladies and gentlemen, sigh, I have a disease, Amundsen. We're back. Oh, sweet daddy, we're back. Just the two of us. It would just be you and I running to the middle, me putting my hands on my knees from the run to catch my breath, and then you trying to push my head down to the mat. I, uh, I... It would be a good fight. I, we're, this will be interesting. It's like, uh, we are now, we had a lot of guests in a row. And yeah, so this true. is, we're like the couple that's kids just went to college and we're about to find out if we should stay together for retirement or not. Yeah, we're empty nesters. Uh, just, you know, quick story. Olivia got into both colleges she'd applied for, no big deal. Congratulations. And Thank you very much. do you have one of those prison markdown calendars to the day she leaves? Only it's sad faces because you're going to be so alone you can't stand it. Well, I don't. Uh, <laughs> thanks for bringing that up. I'll tell you what. Uh, you're the one who we said you to wanted eat. to talk about more serious stuff. <laughs> when we went out to eat, I stood up and interrupted everyone's dinner at the new nicest restaurant in town. And people immediately looked. And then I was there with my friend, my friend Scott and Angie, and they were both like, I saw a couple guys reach for their wallet. That was uncomfortable because I screamed, I hate to interrupt your dinner. And everyone slowly turned and I was like, my daughter got into her number one uh, college and she just got in tonight and it's hard to get into. And people started clapping and then it was fine. But they both, Angie and Scott both said, you see guys popping their watches and putting their arm out to the end of the table like they thought it was a real... Real robbery. That's so. Can we? I want to talk about children. Can we talk about children? Let's do it. Because, well, so my nephew, my nephew is down here uh, yep. for ten days. He's, he's a grown man. He's Gr a grown man. My adult, twenty-eight-year-old nephew, Madonna Scale Ethan. Madonna Scale Ethan. Yep. He was down here, and a couple things. One, Jen and I have, as you know, decided not to have children sure and i think when you don't have children it's pretty hard to not become insane you know okay like like to just to become like a cartoonish version of a human being because you have so much freedom 
and so little responsibility. Sure. You, you just like I think most people I've ever met who don't have a kid, I'm like, hey, somebody should get you some fucking kids because I can't be in this conversation anymore, man. Yeah. Exhibit A, Your Honor, Joey Tribbiani from Friends. Sure. So I, I, and I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's exclusive. I think there are people who don't have kids, but it's like, sometimes you meet like a trust fund kid and they're really down to earth. Like this shit happens mm-hmm. or somebody who has more than two cats who isn't a lunatic. Like there are exceptions to the rule, right? Sure. Yeah, of course. But. I think it's pretty easy to go Looney Tunes if you have no kids. And I'm really worried about that. Like, I'm, I think you dive into hobbies and given my obsessiveness and already like insecurities and weirdness, I'm just worried I'm going to be that guy who my family's like, hey, when Uncle Cy gets here, don't anyone say the word bird or watching or don't make like a caca or like any of those noises or he'll give us a lecture on the beauty of robin's eggs i initially thought my heart beating quickly was because i just chugged a quad latte but now i think it's my excitement of watching you unravel yeah it's i i i'm really con- i'll just be on a couch like I, I have every sweater in this lands and catalog let me tell you like <laughs> Did you know they they have collector Tommy Bahama shirts? That's I'm just worried I'll become a fucking complete Looney Tune. And I think it predominantly happens like more often than not in one of two ways. The first path is the my pets are my kids path, which I know yeah, sure. we've discussed on here where you mm-hmm. like show up for Christmas with your dog and you're like, "Go give Uncle Greg a hug." That sort of shit. <laughs> You know, you don't you don't want to be like, hi, I'm Cy, and this is my son, Joffrey. And they're like, that's that's a parrot. That's not a son. A son would never perch on your shoulder. I'm a son. <laughs> my dad used to do comedy. <laughs> so I. <laughs> I. So as much as Jenna loves our dog and I love our dog, I very much treat what, him. What dog? The, the family dog. I treat him. Which dog is that? His What's name his, is I can't remember his name. Kevin. Fring, frong, fring, frong. Kevin the dog. Brad, it wasn't always like this. So I, I treat him very much like a dog. Uh, that's like really important to me to treat him like a dog. But... I think what will happen to me, the I'll go down the other path pretty hard, which is treat your friends and family's kids like they're your kids. Project all that like mm. inner parenting desire onto your nephews and nieces. I think that's sure. for sure the path I go. And I've already started going down it. And I noticed when Ethan was here, but it's it was kind of weird because that makes sense if it's like, like Elon's two and a half. Like it makes sense I would treat her like, like oh, there's my little kid. What can I do for you? But Ethan. <laughs> I'm so excited for this story. There's, not, there's nothing to it really. Ethan, but I just noticed when he's, he's a 28-year-old man that I'm like, what do you want for lunch, buddy? 
What do you want? Uh, it's my treat. Yeah. Anywhere you want to go. Like I bought him fucking shoes when he was down here. I bought him a jersey. <laughs> like, and he's like, "Thanks, man. I love you." And I was like, "Yeah, you can call me Uncle Dad. I don't know if that's what you asked. You can call me Uncle Dad. I love you, nephew, son." <laughs> I fucking call. You're like these these shoes are more expensive than I thought. Oh, it's because they're size twelves in in the men's section. They're not little tiny kid shoes. <laughs> the. Uh, I lectured my niece Ellie a month and a half ago because she wasn't calling me enough and letting me in on her life anymore. So I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm going Uncle Bananas. <laughs> I'm about to join you because, uh, you know, I mean, I'm going to be empty nester in every possible way. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I got nothing going on. So I have a dog. I could turn to that. I don't think I'm going to. But I could definitely, I think I'm going to start calling uh, Ellie and Ethan. And I think, you know, given their personalities, they'd really like, Ethan could easily be like, hey, I'm an adult now and we're as much friends as we are, uncle, nephew, so we can just hang out. Mm -hmm. Dude eats that shit up. He's like, well, my old shoes are kind of worn out. I'm like, I bought you those <laughs> two months ago. He, Aren't you a pharmacist? Yeah. yeah. So he, How can you not afford shoes? I think my, so my great aunt Dorothy never had any kids. I had a great aunt Dorothy. We've covered this. We are. I know. I just get excited about it. So she didn't have any kids. And so, so she didn't have any grandkids and she treated Greg and Sarah and I like we were her grandkids, mm -hmm. which was wonderful. But her big thing is every year before school, she would take us school shopping only for shoes though just for yep. shoes and where like my mom would be like $50 for shoes I don't think so Dorothy would be like let's get the Jordans like she would spend <laughs> a, an amount of money that made my parents uncomfortable yeah. and I thought I was like well since I'm gonna be a sonless uncle maybe I should do the shoe thing but then I forgot because of my big hill stick family I've got 16 nephews and nieces aging from <laughs> right, like from 34 to two and a half. And people are still pumping out babies like Greg is sperming out babies left and right. Who knows how many he'll end up having. Right. <laughs> and so I don't I can't afford that. That's a pretty heavy commitment to buy 16 new pairs of shoes at the beginning right. of every school year. I don't think Jenna's going to sign off on that. So I thought what would be fun is to every year, like make an event out of it, like early August, like when the summer stops being fun and I need something to pick me up, I'll, mm -hmm. uh, we'll have the, we'll play wheel of shoe where I get all the nephew and nieces on zoom. I'll build a big wheel with their names on it and I'll just sure. spin it. Well, honestly, Jenna will probably spin it. <laughs> Jenna gives it a big spin and they all get to cheer and hope they're the person that gets shoes that year. I think I think you should ramp it up and make them write an essay. Oh, I and like that. Who, whoever loves Uncle Dad Sai the most gets shoes. I mean, you're going to get your nuts fluffed. You can read those throughout the year for pick-me-ups. Just as I'm sitting at home staring at a like one of those child-sized recliners with no child in it. Just tears dripping onto these letters from my nephews and nieces, just like trying to fill a hole in my soul. The parrots in the background, like, don't worry, you still got me. Don't worry. 
Brat, I can sit there. <laughs> so I brought all that up. None of that was the story I wanted to tell about Ethan. And honestly, I'm not even sure it's going to be a good story. It's just I don't know what's a good story anymore. I think that's going to be the theme of today's episode as I'm... Oh, 100% for I, me. I'm officially so removed from society at this point. And I'm not, you know, I know there's all this divisiveness about the virus and shit. They just, there's like, long story short, they're cycling me through different meds. Like I'm on a, sure. like two different immunosuppressants, all this stuff. So I've just, we're still playing it really chill, unfortunately, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not interacting a ton, so I don't know if this is a good story or not. But it made me laugh <laughs> a lot. So I think the context behind it is... Ethan is 28 and he's fucking beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like we've said, he's man, woman, beautiful. He looks like does he? Have, he is a does he, if I remember this correctly, does he have a mole on his face? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, that's the sign of a very attractive person. I don't know why, but if you have a mole on your face, congratulations, you're you made beautiful. It. Yep. He. You know in cologne ads or perfume ads when like a like a Scandinavian woman is coming out of a lake and it just shows yeah, sure her head and shoulders and her hair is like slicked back and the water is glistening off those high cheekbones. Like if you added 15% manliness to that woman, that's what Ethan looks like. He's beautiful. <laughs> and uh, how much time, you want to know, I know what sort of fucking weird parentless or childless parent i'm gonna be the one who talks about his nephew's looks on his public podcast (laughs) i was just letting you roam i almost interrupted you a couple times i'm like nope no we're headed downhill here and i need this to happen well but i mean i think it's important for the story and i should have let you describe it because i remember the first time he met your previous girlfriend, you were joking when you were like, hey, stop talking to my girlfriend. But I also saw through the corner of your eye, you were like 15%. Hey, don't talk to her. I don't need you to sleep with my girlfriend. Like, Oh, no, no, no. I wasn't worried about that. I don't think I, I, don't think I get uh, people taken that often. Yeah, sure. I'm not, not, not too concerned about that. Um, but she uh, also, speaking of high cheekbones, went crazy when she saw Cyrus Amundsen. Let's cut all of this and let uh-uh. me say this. No, no, no. <laughs> she said, who are you? And started touching your face. And I'm like, can you uh, stop doing that, please? Can you? And especially because Uncle Cy doesn't like his face touched. It's a really That's why I said it. I don't care if she's uh, Googling or You're protecting you. me. You're... I just said Googling. Well, you know, she might have Googled you. <laughs> but she was ogling. Yeah. And so I just didn't know. I didn't want her to touch your fucking face. It's gross. You were protecting baby. The point here is I should have let you describe Ethan to the people. I shouldn't have taken. Yeah, it I probably myself. wouldn't have said he was like coming out of water and shit like that. I just would have said he had a mole and he's he's good looking. Okay, so he. <laughs> it was important to set that up because contextually, I think it helps the story. Okay. So he got his vaccine. This is the mm-hmm. first party he went to after he re-entered the world. Okay. First house party. Because he got his vaccine, and then he's, like, young and healthy, and he just, like I would have, boom, living his life. I, I remember I was just, I don't even know what he's doing. All of a sudden, I'm watching the Vikings play the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. and the, I, I texted you. Yeah, the camera, the camera pans off, and I'm like, 
That's my nephew, Ethan, just fucking in Arizona in the stands. Yep. And then you texted me that. And it wasn't like a quick pan. The camera kept going to him. Like when a construction worker sees a pair of tits and does like a double take. Like he he got some featured fan duty. So he's just been living life. Uh And he told me when he was down here, the first party he went to, he walked in and there's some people around and he kind of found his way into like he was either a basement or a side room that had a ping pong table and Mm -hmm. there's like a group of friends in there and one girl and there's a like a bro holding court right sure and he if you got hold on listen if you want to get if you want to get jacked forearms you gotta do forearms on leg day Cause forearms are muscles, just like calves. You can do every single day, bro. You gotta get in there. You can't just be doing forearms and you can't be doing curls and think your forearms are gonna get jacked. You gotta go on leg day. You taking a break on leg day? Then get in there. Get in there and do some forearms, bro. So perfect. That's who this human man is. And that's the way mm-hmm. he's he's holding court. And he's beating all of his friends at ping pong. And while he's beating one of his friends, he's talking trash to all of his other friends who he's already beaten. But it's really bad trash talking. Like, mm-hmm. he seems like the sort of guy who got a big dick in fifth grade. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where you like? <laughs> I mean, no, but okay. I've yeah, I know people like that. Sure. Well, where he's like, if you get, if you are a fifth grader and you're like, huh, like who develops a personality or creativity or any interesting brain at all when they wake up as a like in the most insecure moment of your life, you walk and you're like, guys, there's a human on my waist. Like it's. Yeah. When when the gym teacher walks by and goes, Jesus Christ, <laughs> you're not going to have to you're not going to have to have a personality ever. Yeah. It's, and especially if that happens in like way before everybody else hits puberty, you're the guy who's playing ping pong like you're not good. Looks like I'm good because when I score, you score less than me. What's up? Yeah. And then and then people will go, Charlie, knock it off. And he just puts his dick on the table and the table folds up. <laughs> the ping pong table folds into its like storage position. You know, if, if, if you guys are having trouble picturing who this might be, Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. yeah. Picture Rob Gronkowski. And that's who we're talking about. But take away all the football skill. This is just a guy at Fair. a house party. This yeah. guy, there's nothing special about him. And so. Right. He is like talking shit and beating everybody. And Ethan's just kind of in there walking, watching. And the girl who's in there is his girlfriend, right? Okay, bro's girlfriend. Bro's girlfriend. And so yeah. the guy finishes beating his friend and then like starts trash talking Ethan. They don't know each other at all. Like, you want to play? You want to play me? Ping pong? Do you think you could beat me? Like, the, and Ethan... He's a really polite kid. He's like, nah, I don't think I want to do that. And he just keeps pushing, and Ethan goes, all right, man. And so he's, like, really cocky, broing up, and his gang of friends are all kind of sharks versus jets. Like, yeah, get him, Scudo. This is the guy that would say, 
He doesn't call it ping pong. He calls it ping to the pong. That's exactly the kind of guy we're talking about. For sure. Yeah. You want to play ping to the pong, bro? Yeah. So, so he, Ethan steps up to the table and fucking smokes this guy. (laughs) And not even because Ethan's really good at ping pong. He's actually the guy, the cocky guy is really bad. Ethan smoked him like 21 to 5. Like, oh, I love it so much. Some hilarious score to the point where you could see his friends almost rethinking their entire identity. Like, wait, maybe we're just the worst ping pong players on earth. Like, they're <laughs> questioning their leader. <laughs> and they did that thing. It was really, really great. So, so And this is what I thought was an, a, a boss move on Ethan's part. He smokes this dude 21-5, and the guy's like, well, fuck, oof. You know, because when you fuck, like, he's got nothing. <laughs> and Ethan, and this is where the beauty thing comes in, immediately, to be the funniest person in the world, turns to that guy's girlfriend and goes, do you want to play? And <laughs> <laughs> so then she steps up to the table. Ethan plays her, lets her win. Yeah. Well, all of his friends go, like, you remember the end of Lion King where the hyenas finally turn sure. on Scar? They all mm-hmm. are now <laughs> bashing on Bro because his girlfriend is beating the beautiful man. That, and Ethan's just flirting the entire way through it. <laughs> so it's like a top five humiliation moment for Dr. Meat Hammer over in the corner. And I just... Like I said, I haven't been out in society a while, so I don't know if that's a great story or not, but I fucking loved it. I think it is a great story. I just picture him bending down to tie a shoe, then his dick gets tied up in his shoelaces, and he can't stand up all the way, so then everyone leaves, and he's just wiggling around on the floor. I love it. That's just how they find him dead. What was the, what was the cause of death? Well, the coroner said he penis-turtled himself. <laughs> You know, I remember being young and thinking, like, I had that, I had that confidence, not big dick confidence, because you, you have to have a big dick for that, but sure. I had just this, uh, this personality, like, I, nothing, nothing can stop me confidence mm-hmm. sure. when I was that young. So I was 21, just turned 21 years old, and I was a, still a freshman, credit-wise, at the community college here in Fergus Falls, <laughs> and some highway patrolmen came, and they were like, hey, just so you guys know... We are doing a DUI training where we supply you alcohol and then we get to test you to figure out if we can tell you're drunk by these roadside tests that we're giving you. Sure. And I was like, uh, I started drinking one year ago and all I've been doing is practicing these tests. So I considered it a huge challenge. Sure, sure. So my friend Jared and I, we go um, and, and they said, you have to get a ride to this place. And we we're like, yeah, of course. But Jared and I just parked three blocks away. And then we were, because we were like, well, we, there's no way. There's no way they're catching us. So we go into this place and they are, they have like people in lab coats and clipboards. And they're saying, here you go. Here's one ounce of vodka, pour it into your soda water. And so then we're drinking them and we got to pick what we drank. It was so awesome. The cops supplied our booze. This sounds, it was, so this is very scheduled. Like very meticulous. It's very, it's very sketchy. Yeah, because they need to know 
exactly how much you're drinking. They need to know how much you weigh. They took our, you know, everything. They took blood pressure just to make sure everything was on the up and up. And so we're doing these. And then after three ounces, and they they also timed it. So you only, okay. we were like little uh, gerbils where we only got alcohol when the bell went off. And we were just like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> our tongues hanging out. And so, you know, it, it came where it was like two hours and we'd had five drinks. And then you'd stand up and they'd give you these tests. And they're like, okay, well, I wouldn't be able to tell this off of, off of, you know, just the roadside test. I wouldn't be able to tell if you're drunk. And we kept going and kept going. Now, everyone else has been released. And it's just Jared and I. And we are still nailing all of the tests. We're on one foot, fucking hopping up and down, doing the touch your nose thing. The only thing where they got us was when they make you follow the pen. Because when you are intoxicated and your eyes go to the side, they flinch. They start to flutter. Okay. And that's just, there's nothing, there's nothing you can you do about that. beat that. So then they were writing down on the notes like, we have to do the pen test and all this stuff. And finally they were like, guys, we cannot believe... You, I mean, we're wasted and we're still passing these tests. And they're like, we cannot believe that you were able to do this. Um, you know, th thank you for helping us. Now we know the pen test works. And, uh, and then we took a, a breathalyzer and we were three times the legal limit. Oof, duh. Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty horrible. So then they go, all right, guys, uh, is your ride coming? And we were like, yeah, they're actually here. They've been here for quite a while. They're like, all right, get out of here. Get out of here. And so as they were cleaning up, we drunk sprinted to Jared's car no. and then went right out to karaoke. <laughs> and we were just like, we're drunk. The cops bought us booze. It's the greatest day. And then cut to, I'm going to say four hours later, I'm sleeping in my sister's bed at my mom's house, vomiting while my mom is like, you're going to be fine petting my hair. So I walk into this DUI training like, who wants to fucking get it on? You can't stop me. Later that night, my mom's petting my hair. Just like, you're going to be fine. Oh, God, did the tables turn. It's very peak. It's very peak you because I can see you're so competitive and you like to prove people wrong. I can see how you took that as a challenge. I'm yeah. also surprised that, I mean, I mean, they're just cops. It's not like they're doctors, but I'm surprised no one was like, guys, thank you so much for helping us. Here is a card of a local substance abuse counselor. And we really think <laughs> you guys should. This was like, they just do that. They do the whole test. They do everything. They're like, they like, thank you guys so much for the pen thing works. And honestly, it doesn't really matter because this was all in intervention and then your family and friends just come out from the hallways no it was uh it wasn't like a, a whoa poor these guys it was like uh you know they're like i can't believe you guys are passing these tests i was like well my dad had eight duis yeah, like, yeah. you steve's boy yeah, yeah it's the first time anyone ever said that with a a glimmer of hope with a, with a little steve's bit of boy? reverence yeah <laughs> no shit they're like, a, the they take you a into legend. a back room and see if you can pull a bottle of Jack Daniels out of a stone. Like, he is Steve's <laughs> son. <laughs> oh, you think you don't know funny. Boy, was that good. And I just watched King Arthur, so that really hit me. One and Excalibur! a... Excalibur! 
one in a great once in a while. Uh, I can I tell you, yeah, the worst and best thing I've done recently. Please do. I'll let's. Should we start with best? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, there's a guy in my neighborhood. So there's a cul-de-sac. I live on the street, but at the end of the street is a cul-de-sac. Okay. There's a guy in the cul-de-sac who, and before you fucking shut the podcast off, just fucking pinch your tits and your dicks and wait, okay? Uh, so there's a guy <laughs> at the end of the cul-de-sac who is, I would describe him at best, uh, not a fan of science. Okay. And, I, and sure. I don't mean that in the way that, like, politically that's used on Twitter. I mean, he... This pandemic has given him the opportunity. Like, he has multiple, like, personally written signs that he put his own yard signs up about sure. science being nonsense, basically. Sure. How close do you guys live to a roundabout? Really close. We live really, really yeah. close to yeah. a roundabout. I'm on his side then. If I live next to, if I live close to a roundabout, I'd be like, fuck science and whatever you're trying to do here. Four-way stops were working just fine, and now I'm stuck in the middle lane? Like a European vacation where they keep seeing Big Ben? No, thank you. This is the community I live in is jammed full of roundabouts, and I know statistically they're safer, but not the way I drive them. There's no way. No chance. There's no chance because the idea that they're safer relies on the idea that you adhere to the signage and rules of said roundabout and who the fuck is doing that i treat it like i'm in a tube in a water slide where you just get in there and bounce off the edges until you come out the other yeah. end yeah it ta <laughs> it takes one person that is too timid to actually use a yield sign as a yield sign and they come to a complete stop and everything is fucked for 10 minutes because they're too far out in the intersection. So now the people in the outside lane have to stop. But the people in the inside lane are going. But they need to be in the inside lane. So they can't get over there. Fuck you. I also... Oh, I wish I wouldn't have started on roundabouts. I also, going back to the guy, I like the idea of somebody putting up signage in their yard when they live in a roundabout. Because <laughs> there's... Excuse me, a cul-de-sac, not a roundabout. Yeah. Because there's no new traffic. So you're just playing to the... Si right. You're like, at best, one of your four neighbors is like, hey, did you see Dave has some questions about smallpox? Like, you're just playing <laughs> to the same audience. Side note, I'm going to take a pause in this story because we just took a pause in this podcast because <laughs> yeah. a train... No one knows because we edited it out. Justin, I'm sure, edited it out, but... Yeah, a train just came through Fergus Falls, and I, after having you melt down about roundabouts, to watch you watch a train come by was spectacular. There was a level. Of it's atrocious. It's atrocious. Here's what they do in in Fergus Falls. I figured this out because I went to a city council meeting. Because I'm like, why are there fucking trains at three in the morning? Why are why, why are they using their horns at three? No one's up at three in the morning. Could you keep your fucking horns off? But so I went there and they go, well, we teach, we teach driving trains here. So I live in a student driver 
train area where what they do is they just go back and forth. They'll, they'll get to an intersection in town and they'll make sure two intersections are fully blocked off. So you have to drive all the way to the bridge to get over the tracks. And then they sit there and they go back and they reverse and then they go forward and then they reverse in the intersections. It's like a fucking train make a wish where they're like, hey, I want to drive a train today. Can I drive a train? And then they just go back and forth. It's the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. Also, you just gave me the best idea ever. Why are we not doing make a wish for elderly like hill people? Like, why is Make-A-Wish well, only just elderly? For any any elderly people would be great. Well, you did the voice, and I I'm oh, a right. I'm a one-track comedian, so I just went right there. But I love the like kids are so innocent. If you gave like a 65 year old man a Make-A-Wish, you'd have to have a lot of rules with it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I want to shoot a bald eagle with a roll of pennies. What? Hey. That's my wish. Like, okay. They, they are back. They're off the endangered species list. Go for it. I got to tell you, I would love to shoot a bald eagle with a roll of pennies. That sounds that sounds really fun. <laughs> I'm linking that motherfucker. You'd probably, it'd probably be a slingshot situation, so you'd probably have to, you know, he'd, it'd, be, it'd be difficult to execute. So back to... <laughs> Back, back to, to the story at hand. You are in a cul-de-sac. There are handwritten signs. And I think I told you this probably privately a long time ago, but I'm not, despite having a ton of opinions and liking to argue online when I'm bored, mm-hmm. I think in real life, I never try to like change anyone's mind or argue with anyone. My go-to bit is just to sarcastically agree with them. Sure. Or just to even agree with them in character and they don't even know that like I'm making fun of them. And mm-hmm. I walked, I was doing, because that's, that's my walk. I do that little cul-de-sac. And it was a couple months ago and he was outside and he had a sign in his yard that I'm not even going to read. It was really aggressive. And I just pointed at it and I was like, hell yeah, brother. That's all I said. And I just, <laughs> I just like, then I pointed at him and gave him the fight the power fist which is probably a cultural bummer. But I, uh, he, we kind of like exchanged. Like, he was like, well, that's one of the good ones. And so then I would every once in a while, if I would ever catch him outside, I just started, I just became the guy. I was like, I'm one of these people. I would just fucking talk to him about how I didn't trust science. I would like just in short sentences. And it was probably like right before it got too cold for me to walk outside, I told him... Mm-hmm that my brother just quit the National Guard because he saw some classified information about the army spreading the Delta variant. And, <laughs> dude, this motherfucker, and it's like a, probably a 62 or 63-year-old man somewhere in there. He, oh, that's retirement age. You just got him fired up for the rest of retirement. He fucking ate that shit up. You're like, really? You believe that? Like even if that what even if that insane scenario was true, how do you know how many levels of classification you have to go through to get to somebody in the National Guard, like the weekend right. worker, like the divorced dads of the army, like nobody in the National Guard is seeing that information, and so I'm please share all the messages you get about that. 
Here's the thing. I'm bring it on. I have privately supported the National Guard. I have performed for them. I am behind them. And anyone who comes at me with your false patriotism, you can eat a big old load of this butt. So I don't think I don't think that's a I don't think there's any debate there. When we're talking about levels of classification, how many like where do you, how many levels do you have to yeah, go to to I get know. to like I protected the Mall of America this weekend? Right. So that one's, I'm, I'm that there. one's probably going to get me in trouble. That one's probably going to people are going to be really mad about that one. Thank you for your service. I know a lot of you went to war and I appreciate you and consider this my apology in advance for all the messages that I'll receive. Plus, you can't get mad at me. My fake brother was in the fake National Guard. That's where he saw that information. Oh, that's right. Thank you. Forgot so, about that. Uh, I found out a while back what his what his first and last name was. Okay. So, and of, he's in his 60s, so of course he has a Facebook. So I've been tracking him online for a while. <laughs> and he's pretty vocal online. And he has... He has uh, he has a family member that does not feel the same way as him. Okay. And I've deduced, I believe it's his brother. I can't guarantee okay. it could be a cousin, but I, I've deduced that it's his brother. Uh, mm-hmm. So here's what I believe is the best thing I've done recently. Because uh, they really go at it online, these two. And so I was at a bookstore, a, chi- a child's bookstore in downtown Cincinnati. <laughs> And it's called the Blue Manatee. It's a really great children's bookstore, right? Because I'm buying Christmas gifts. Because I like to, you know, if I give a gift, I want to make sure I'm pushing my agenda on other people's children. Of course, of course. So I'm looking around and they're showing me all these books, amazing books everywhere. And then I didn't know this was a thing. There's a Dr. Fauci children's book. (laughs) Which... You're such a dick. Which, hold on. Before we get to the ending that you already clearly know, can we talk about how, like, I know it's super divisive, and I know people are like, well, I ain't going to listen to this shit. It is so funny to me that there's a Fauci book, like a kid's book. Like, yeah. And, and here's the thing. I'm a progressive little cuck boy, right? Even I think that's the wackest shit uh, like, you can put it under the guise of, like, it's teaching kids about science. Now, come on. Come on, son. If I was, if I was right. a son, if I was, like, a six-year-old and my parents gave me that book, I'd be like, thanks, cuck. Like, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could definitely. So when you're giving kids books, if they're not, if they don't have, a, uh, like, a, a good lesson for all of humanity, then it is a little, it could be considered brainwashy, right? I'm sure there are a lot of people listening going like, can't believe there's a fucking Fauci book. Can't believe you give that to a kid and turn their brain. They're too, they're too easy to influence at that age. Why would you do that? And then I would bring up probably the, the story about the, the rainbow and how God said it's never going to flood again. And we put two of each cuddly animal on a boat. Anyway, it doesn't matter. You shouldn't fuck with kids' brains. For one thing or the other. You shouldn't do it because they're too, it's, it's a brainwashing. It's not fair just because you want 10% tithing. We don't have to talk about it. I don't care. I just think the idea of, 
One of the funniest things in the world to me is people becoming celebrities who shouldn't be celebrities. And I don't mean like the Kardashians, like entertainment celebrities. I mean like sure. celebrity chefs and celebrity house designers. But the peak of the – Dr. Fauci becoming like a – he threw out a pitch at a Major League Baseball game. That's the stupidest shit yeah. I've ever heard in my entire life. Who was like, yay, what if we got America's most divisive figure? And and here's the thing. I also think, and I come from a science family, so everybody knows how I feel about all this stuff. But I'm not going to not think it's funny that this guy, probably one of the most respected people in his field for 50 fucking years, and probably in like December or January of 2020 is like, you know what, kids, a couple more months and I'm just going to buy a retirement home and spend time with my grandkids. <laughs> then he just turns into the fucking Elvis of science. Yeah. So anyway, I backtracked on the Internet. I, I paid for one of those like Yellow Pages services. I fucking mm -hmm. backtracked this guy's uh, this guy's address, and I sent my neighbor the Fauci kids book from his own relative. <laughs> oh my just God, so I can, because it's just so, so I can, if I get the chance to be like, "Hey man, how are the holidays? You get anything good?" Please. Please tell me, please tell me about your asshole relative who sent you the Fauci book. <laughs> oh, that's well played. I love when you don't have a lot of shit going on because your brain goes to these levels. That's very fun to listen to what you're doing. Hey, can, can I say one other thing? Everybody was probably pumped to have just the two of us back. And I've just dominated this episode like a maniac who hasn't been let Disagree, near people but keep for a hundred years. You disagree on which part because those are two. I disagree that you're trying that. I, I mean, you've you've told the majority of the stories, but that's because they're great stories. You have to tell the stories that are great. Uh, here, here's I want to uh, I'm going to say the worst thing I've done recently for the next episode. That'll be a teaser. Okay. Okay. Because I, now that we've started talking about this, I want to point something else out that I can't stop thinking about. Um, and everybody needs to pucker their little liberal buttholes up at home because this is going to be a tough one for you let's go brandon is the funniest thing i've ever heard in my entire life <laughs> it was interesting where the guy's like well they're listen to all the cheers for the quarterback and it's an entire stadium screaming at the president yeah so so basically anybody who doesn't know which i can't imagine is anyone there was a reporter at a sporting event and the crowd i thought it was a maybe it was a football game i thought it was a race car event which makes a lot more sense but oh um, I, I think it was a football game i think the quarterback's name was brandon okay so i just looked up just so we can have all our facts right it started at an october 2nd nascar race at the talladega super speedway in alabama okay brandon brown a 28 year old driver had won his ah. first Xfinity series. He was being interviewed by an NBC sports reporter. The crowd was chanting, fuck Joe Biden. And the reporter was like, hey, man, they're chanting, let's go, Brandon. And, <laughs> and to the Republicans' credit, 
they ran with it and it is objectively so fucking funny to me it, and and yeah. and i'm gonna be consistent here i would have thought like i would and i hate the I, that's my big we never talk politics on this show mm-hmm. and that's me pushing it because i think i'll hate the show if we do but it's because nobody's consistent there's no consistencies like are you yeah. who cannot admit that this is like if if there was a reporter at like the gender neutral softball championships, right? And there was like, he was like on the sideline commenting on the game and all of a sudden everybody was chanting, fuck you, Trump. And the reporter goes, whoa, sounds like the crowd here at the GNSCs uh, is a huge Forrest Gump fan. They want a sequel. Everybody's chanting a new Gump. Like, if that happened, I would have an A New Gump shirt the next day. I think it's so unbelievably fucking funny. Oh, yeah. It's so because you can go out in public with that shirt. Kids, if if they know what it means, fine. But if they don't, you're not wearing a curse word on your shirt. When I was younger, my friend across the street, Corey and I, used to go, uh, uh, instead of saying, like, fuck my mom or fuck my dad, we would just go, checkers or chess? And we knew that meant, oh, fuck this person. And so it's great to have that code where you can wear it comfortably and not get in trouble. I love, and I here's yeah, the... Here's well the, played. I love saying it. I say it so much, <laughs> dude. I'll just be like, they'll be like, thank you, for, thank you for shopping at Whole Foods. Let's go, Brandon. Like, I can't stop. I'm like becoming a bad person. Like, I'm taking it too far. I, it makes me laugh so hard. And here's the thing, if you hate it, but you also hated it whenever, like if it would happen the other way, then cool, you get to hate it. But if you only hate it because it's about our team, fuck you, you're wrong. It's so fucking funny. Yeah, hey, a win's a win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something that clever, hats off to it. Brett, let's go, Brandon. I gotta go, Brett. Hey, if you guys like this, uh, there will be a new episode next Monday and every single Monday at 8 a.m. So click the subscribe button so your phone sends it to you without having to do any work.